0: What are some great ways to teach your kids well-loved stories? Well, listen to our interview now with performance storyteller and author Bob Hartman, who is the author of the YouVersion Bible app for kids' Bible stories, which has been downloaded over 70 million times, as well as the Lion Storyteller Bible, which has been printed in 11 different languages. Bob is gonna talk to us today about his newest series, the Clever Cub series which tells amazing stories in fun ways with beautiful and cute illustrations. Bob is married to Sue, has two married children, Carrie and Chris, and five grandchildren. Stay tuned towards the end of the show to find out how to get your very own copy of the Clever Cub stories. So sit back and enjoy the show with Bob Hartman. Hello, this is Mary Jo Tenland from Teaching Your Toddler, and today we have author and performance storyteller Bob Hartman joining us. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Bob. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your background, and then also how you became an author and also a performance storyteller. Sure,
1: um, I I live in the UK uh, and have lived here for many years, but I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, originally. So um, massive Steelers fan. And uh, I originally trained and uh, was called to be a pastor. So uh, my first church was actually over here in the UK. And while I was pastoring the church, um, I started to retell Bible stories for the congregation. And they were an older congregation. Uh, They kind of knew their Bible stories. So sometimes you'd see that look in their eyes like, oh, been there, done that when you start (laughs) to do a story. So I decided to retell the stories from a different angle to kind of get them into the whole thing uh, without them knowing, you, know, if you see what I mean. So to surprise them. And um, when I was about to finish the, uh, the ministry here, uh, one of the parishioners said to me, oh, you wanna try and write those things down uh, and get them published. So I, I moved back to the States actually after that, back to Pittsburgh for a while. And uh, my brother had been involved in children's theater and uh, he was interested in storytelling and so was I. And so at about the same time, we formed a storytelling troupe uh, and represented the Pittsburgh Children's Museum. And I also started to write some of those Bible retellings down and attempted to get them published. And eventually that happened. And so I ended up kind of doing two things, um, telling the stories um, out loud to people, to kids, to adults, to anybody who would like to listen and also telling them in a written form um, and having them published as well. So that's kind of where I come from. And that's um, how those things all kind of came together.
0: Oh, my goodness. What an interesting way to uh, to that. That's that's really that's really cool. So when you were retelling those Bible stories, how did you sort of like come up with what you were going to say? Did it did it come to you or did you script it? Like, how did that work?
1: I did script it originally. As a matter of fact, I I still script most of the stuff I do because it helps you to kind of be that bit more exact um, with the material. And, yeah, initially the whole idea was to try and, as I say, come into the stories from a different angle. So maybe I would um, create a character who maybe saw the biblical event take place and try and tell the story from that person's point of view. Or maybe I would pick a character that you don't usually get some sense of in the story itself. So, like, I would retell the story of David and Goliath from the point of view of Goliath, that kind of a thing. Um, I just started playing with the stories, and the more I played with them and spent time with them, The more ways i found to
0: actually get into them oh my goodness that is that's very interesting and i'm sure it made it uh definitely a better or different perspective for your congregation
1: it did it did indeed and in most cases i think they enjoyed it and even when the material moved to uh, being written more for children um I mean, they, they enjoyed it just as much. And, and when I got to actually telling those stories out loud, I also incorporated a lot of interactive devices so they could, in effect, join with me in kind of bringing the story to life.
0: Oh, my goodness. That is that's really cool. So h- how does that work when they sort of join with you?
1: Well, it just depends. Um, again, it, it, I like to think that the interactive devices arise from the story itself. So, for example, um, well, I wrote something called the Lion Storyteller Bible, and uh, it's full of stories that are written specifically to be told out loud. So in the case of the stilling of the storm, for example, uh, I simply have the children pretend to be uh, not the disciples, uh, but actually the waves on the on the Sea of Galilee. And so they're kind of wiggling their fingers and rocking back and forth ever so gently at the beginning and it's kind of like wow you know, it was a perfect day the sky was blue and the sea too and the little waves splashed happily at the side of the shore and then i kind of take the story from there so jesus climbs tells us jesus talks to the crowd climbs into the boat falls asleep and then i get really really quiet and then i say and then suddenly the day was not so perfect and boom you know the boat rocked this way and the boat rocked that way and the waves went here and the waves went there and so They kind of represent the waves. And then, of course, by the end of the story, when Jesus tells them to sort of settle down, they do. And they're kind of back to the original place again. So it's trying to find interactive devices that um, actually help to tell the story, not just things to do for their own sake.
0: Right. Oh, my gosh. That's so interesting because that that immersiveness, like it really puts it into their I mean, literally into their body, but also then it, it puts it into their brain. Right. Because they've been a part of what you were telling them.
1: It does indeed. You know, I mean, they talk about, you know, we learn so much more when we um, don't just listen to something, but we are actually, you know, involved in it and our bodies are involved in it. Of course, there's loads of children who are active learners who really aren't all that interested in just hearing something. They want to be involved as well. So the interactive devices work both for those kinds of learners, but then also for the kids who will get something from just listening to it because, well, they'll get that as well. So it's a way of really trying to bring the Bible stories to life for as many children as possible.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they're kinetic learners, right? That's my oldest son is like that. He needed to kind of move around and get it into his body. And oh, my gosh, that is that's really a cool way to teach that, Uh, because a lot of times, you know, people think, oh, it's just dry, old, boring stuff. But I mean, the the stories are very interesting, especially when you do it that way. Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. My Storyteller Bible um, was picked up about 20 years ago uh, by an organization over here in the UK called Open the Book. And um, they were trying to tell um, the Bible stories in creative ways to children in their community initially in a place called Bedford. And uh, I got involved with them uh, because they were using the Storyteller Bible, trying to bring it to life. And over the course of the last 20 years, um, the whole thing has grown. um, So that we ended up training something like 17,000 storytellers nationwide. Um, And uh, right before COVID hit, we were in about 3,500 schools um, telling those stories to about 800,000 kids uh, every week. So the idea was to kind of spread those stories, but to spread them in a way that um, the children would enjoy and look forward to and and really engage with week by week.
0: Oh, I bet they did. So now that is that um, I saw that there were events that you do. Is that Is that kind of what you're talking about, or is there something else that you're doing? And is that different now that because of COVID?
1: Yeah, COVID did change a lot. But prior to COVID, I would go along and support the Open the Book Storytellers and be involved in training with them and in events that just kind of help to encourage them to kind of carry on. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I just would visit schools on my own and do assemblies at the beginning of the day and then, you know, tell Bible stories throughout the day. Uh, I would do church conferences and churches and community events. I mean, really just any place anybody was looking for, for a storyteller. Because, of course, over here, because there is a state church, um, you're allowed to tell Bible stories in schools. And as a matter of fact, in many cases, you're encouraged to. And it's a question of kind of fulfilling a legal obligation on the school's part. So it's kind of a different situation than it would be in the States.
0: Oh, my goodness. I, I That thought occurred to me as you were saying that. So I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I was— I was interested in that, um, and so the uh, you also before we start to talk about clever cub, um, you also spo- or authored the U version Bible app.
1: I did, yes, yes.
0: Tell uh, us how that happened.
1: Well, I was working with a an organization called One Hope, and they had um, a, a a Bible um, game sort of uh, app called Bible Islands, and they asked me to uh, retell. Um, the Bible stories on that particular app. So I wrote oh, probably 70 Bible retellings for them that were, I don't know, probably five, 600 words long. Um, so, you know, pretty, pretty full, pretty detailed uh, retellings. And then when that was all done, they approached me and they said, listen, you know, um, somebody has approached us and they would like us to create some Bible retellings for them. Could you take the ones you've already done uh, and reduced them to about ooh, I don't know, 150 to 200 words
0: oh my goodness uh, that's like a tweet oh no not a word okay character <laughs> sorry yeah,
1: yeah but still yeah. 150 so, words so that's pretty small like 30 30 words per um per panel and i didn't really know who this was for actually um but they said yeah would you do that I was well yeah fine no problem and as a matter of fact it was a lot of fun trying to maintain the sense of the story um you know and, and reducing the word count so i did that with them and then they said oh well this is this is for you version. And these stories will form the basis of the Bible app that they're creating. And of course, they've done a brilliant job with Bible app. I mean, it's a a beautiful app, really, really well done, uh, very interactive, which is what I love about it. And um, yeah, I'm just pleased to have been involved with it.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Just for the audience, uh, it has been downloaded over 70 million times. That's, That's great. Wow. That's reaching a lot of people.
1: It is. It is. You know, as I say, very grateful to be involved with that. And, you know, all the families that have had the opportunity to, um, you know, to hear God's word and to hear his story uh, through the app. Yeah, it's been brilliant.
0: Wow. So uh, tell us a little bit about Clever Cub, how that sort of came about and uh, and about the books themselves.
1: Uh, Clever Cub originally started out as Sleepy Bear. Um, I kind of proposed uh, this idea for a set of stories to, to the folks at David C. Cook. And I think we decided quite early on that if he was just Sleepy Bear, then um, the adventures and the stories he would be able to engage with would be rather limited to sort of sleepy time, gentle kinds of stories. And so um, the editor suggested to me that maybe something like Clever Cub would give us the opportunity to put him in all different kinds of contexts. So that's Instead of did.
0: bedtime only.
1: Yes, exactly. Mm, Okay. We could use them anywhere and everywhere. Um, And so uh, I retold, uh, well, initially, it was the story of the creation. It was the Christmas story. It was uh, Peter and John at the Beautiful Gate and then Psalm 104 um, as the first four books. But there are well four more books coming next year and then four coming after that. So Clever Cub finds himself in all different kinds of situations. And usually the stories arise because... He has a question or a concern uh, that his mother or his father want to help him to deal with. And they use the Bible story as a way of helping him to, um, you know, to get the question answered, um, to maybe find a bit of courage or a bit of confidence or a bit of peace in the situation. And so it's about their relationship. um, And and I'd like to think maybe a way of modeling um, for parents, a way of kind of telling God's story to their children and interacting with them and with God's story. Uh, But it's also about him and his little friends and, um, you know, uh, him kind of being immersed in the stories as well, because sometimes he sort of gets sucked into the story and he's there, you know, along with the characters in the story itself.
0: Oh, and the illustrations, by the way, are so adorable. We'll make sure and have some links to the uh, well to the books as well, but but also to uh, the covers, because it's it's such a cute, uh, cute story. And then um, but then also teaching about different verses, as you had mentioned. So you've got yes. the four that you just that you mentioned before, but now you've got four more that comes out in 2022.
1: Yes. Yes. So that's going to be uh, Miriam. Uh, it's going to be the Easter story. It's going to be the feeding of the five thousand, and it's going to be the spies in Canaan. So, oh yeah, yes.
0: Oh my goodness, yeah. those are good ones. Wow, that that's fantastic. So, um, David C. Cook, did they did they help connect you to the illustrator, or did you have someone you had been working with?
1: No, uh, they um, they suggested uh, a, a choice of illustrators to me, and and that's what happens now. When I first started writing. Generally speaking, publishing companies would just say, well, look, this is who's going to do the picks. Um, But the longer that you do it, the more they sort of trust you to help them choose the illustrator in the process. And um, so Steve was one of the people that was suggested to me. uh, And uh, I just felt like his style sort of suited the text better than some of the other choices that we had. And it certainly proved to be the case. I think he's really brought Clever Cub to life in a way that I saw him when I was imagining the stories themselves.
0: Yes, Steve Brown is the illustrator, and it's oh, he he does such a good job, and just uh, oh, it's it's very colorful and easy for for kids, all kids, I guess, to to enjoy the the pictures. So that's that's fantastic. Are there
1: other uh, books that you've written? Yes, um, I've written almost a hundred books. <laughs> um, yeah. Um. I've been doing this for like 30 years. So <laughs> I suppose when you divide it by 30, it doesn't sound like it's that many per year. but um, more than
0: most people, long, though.
1: Some of them are longer than others. Um, so yeah. so I mean, I wrote that Storyteller Bible, which has been around since '95, and, as I say, used by our open- the-book teams over here. Um, I did something called the um, Play-along Bible for Tyndall a few years ago, and it's designed for very small children. The stories are very short. But the idea is you do a line and there's an action at the end of each line that the parent and the child can do together and then do it again and again and again, because you know how it is with little guys. I mean, you know, once they latch on something, they they love to repeat it, whether it's mm-hmm. a song story or a rhyme. So there's that one. Um, I'm just looking at my desk here. Let's see. Uh, there's a rhyming Bible here <laughs> in front of me. Um, there's something called Hanging Out with Jesus Again, which is written for older children. That's um, the story of Jesus, but through the eyes of. Three of his disciples, Pip, Tomo and Big Bart, who are Philip, Thomas and Bartholomew. Um, So, yes, I mean, there's just there's loads of them.
0: Oh, my goodness. That is amazing. So can people find that on a website?
1: Yes. Well, uh, uh, they can find the Clever Cub books on the David C. Cook website. But if they were to go on, um, you know, just an online book site like Amazon or, you know, sort of the Christian alternatives Mm to that, um, they would find they just put Bob Hartman in there. They would find a you know a whole bunch of books you know that have been throughout the career. Um some some of them are out of print now, but there are a lot that you know are still in print. So if they're interested, um they can look there and there for all ages, as as well as books actually written for adults, and books about how to tell stories, uh, Bible stories in particular, for for adults too. The, the only thing I would suggest just is that the um <laughs> the lead guitarist for the Christian band Petra is also called Bob Hartman so if anything pops up about a guitar or music that's not me
0: <laughs> that's a good distinction yes isn't that funny also a christian connection there but wow well, this is uh, this is great. I am just uh I'm so excited about these books and that you've got more coming out and uh, we will of course have a link in uh, the show notes for the the books and so that uh, the listeners can find them. I also hope that people will comment on our. Um, Facebook page or social media, other social media uh, for a chance to uh, to get one of these books. I have four of them, so I would love to give them away to people if they make comments on um, on this episode. And uh, this is this is great. So, w- what else do we need to know? what What else would you like us to uh, to to know about you or about the books or about anything?
1: I don't know. I'd just like to encourage parents to. Um... To, to tell God's story to their children. I mean, Psalm seventy-eight says, you know, somebody passed uh, God's story onto you, and uh, all God really wants you to do is to pass His story on to the next generation. And uh, I think that's a, a responsibility He places into all of our hands—you know, parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles. And while I realize that, you know, a lot of people are involved in their churches, and there is an opportunity to, you know, have Sunday school teachers and uh, youth club uh, leaders pass God's story on to your kids, there's actually no better person than you to do it because their time with your children is limited, whereas you have the opportunity to do it, we have the opportunity to do it on a regular basis. And I think um, helping parents and grandparents to find the confidence to do that uh, and creating resources that um, reach a variety of children in a variety of ages is something that I'm really keen to be involved with. and. Have aimed to be involved with during the the course of my writing career because that's really what my passion is, you know. I, I want people to feel confident to tell God, to tell God's story, and um and to tell it in a way that engages their children and helps them to love the story and to come to love God as a result.
0: Oh, that's amazing! Thank you, thank you so much for that. One last question before I let you go: Do you get to watch the Steelers while you're over there? How do you watch I them? I do. Is it like the middle I of the do night.
1: Indeed. Um, I, uh, I subscribe to NFL game pass. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So yes, I get to watch actually as many NFL games as I can. I think the only thing that happens is that sky over here, um, the kind of the, the network here sometimes grabs the games and I can't watch it when they get it, but you can watch it the next day. Uh, so yes, uh, I'm having a, a good time watching the Steelers. Not this past week. They didn't have such a great game this past week, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's still great being able to root for the team. Yes. Oh,
0: absolutely. Very good. Good. I'm glad you get your uh, your Steelers fix even even across the pond there. Thank you.
1: Well, I've got my terrible towel. I twirl it. You know, I mean, I you know, I, I do the whole thing. And my grandkids, they just live, my daughter and son-in-law and grandkids just live around the corner. Uh, so um, they're Steeler fans as well.
0: Oh, oh my goodness. That's, well, how fortunate that you have them close by.
1: Yeah, that's brilliant.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, Bob, thank you so much for joining Teaching Your Toddler today. It's been such a pleasure, and I can't wait for uh, more people to hear about your books and about you and about, about, like you said, about God's Word and, and being able to teach that to our little ones. So, again, thank you so much.
1: It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. This has been the Teaching Your Toddler podcast with Mary Jo Tinlin. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you'll find us on our website at teachingyourtoddler.com as well as on Facebook at Teaching Your Toddler on Instagram and on Twitter at Teaching Toddler. So join us again and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much.